Welcome to Warren Radio with your hosts, the Watchman Dana Smith and Tower. Thanks for listening. Greetings in the name of the Lord and welcome to Warren Radio. This is Tower. I'm here with the Watchman and we are glad you joined us. Please send all your prayer requests and correspondence to us through our contact page at warn-usa.com. And you can listen to our Warren Radio episodes on danaglennsmith.com and warn-usa.com. Warren Radio is on the following platforms. Amazon Prime Music and Podcast, Spreaker, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play Music, Blog Talk Radio, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Google Podcast, Deezer, Spotify, Anchor, and Pocket Cast. And do not miss the featured posts this week of our in-depth biblical articles and radio shows on danaglinsmith.com and warn-usa.com Revelation Stark Vision On danaglinsmith.com Manifest Deliverance Present Evil World World Government's Global Chaos Eye of the Lord Upon the Righteous on warn-usa.com Dead to Sin Book of Romans Part 11 on Sound the Shofar Fear the Lord Isaiah's Prophetic Book Part 84 on Battle Lines Policies, Persecution and Faith of Persecuted Believers of Jesus Christ on Warren Radio and do not miss these Warren Radio episodes from September 27th through the 29th. Wednesday's Advocacy Show, Kingdom Gospel, Kingdom War, Missions, Christianity, Global Persecution, Christian Faith. Thursday's Battle Lines, Isaiah's Series, No Justice, No Peace, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 190 on Battle Lines. And Friday's Sound the Shofar, Kingdom War and the Coming King, Heavenly Fire, Part 5. And be sure to get your copy of The Rising. The Rising is a Christian fiction thriller by the watchman Dana Glenn Smith. The Rising details a takeover of America. There's danger and intrigue. The nation is at risk and dark forces are plotting to bring this country into the globalist new order. And hidden within the storyline of the rising is the truth of what's happening in America now. And you can get your copy on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Ingram, Walmart, Angus & Robertson, and many more. And the Rising ebook can be found on Google Play. You can also get your copy of The Rising by going to danaglinsmith.com. And while on the site, be sure to sign up for the WIBR Warren Radio Newsletter and visit our Christian Books and Resource Shop. And now I welcome in the Watchman. You're listening to Warren Radio on the WIBR Warren Radio Network. Don't forget to visit our websites at warren-usa.com and danaglinsmith.com. And also follow us on Twitter, find us on Instagram, and join us on LinkedIn.
Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, you know, in spite of the election, I'm doing good. Yeah. Greetings, Dana. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing great. What's going on? Well, today's Thursday. Time for... October 5th already. Yeah. These days go by fast. They do. And uh, just amazes me. And we are on part 191. That also amazes me. <laughs> you know, because we've been doing this for a long time. Yes, we have. And uh, we're just about into chapter 60. And then we're... Downhill from there. We yeah. are on the downhill side. Well, we've been downhill for a long I know. time. <laughs> yes, we have. But uh, this is a different kind of a study. It's not like a normal, normal one. This is very subject oriented, and uh, we have a lot of references. So we skim through the Word of God as we're doing this. Yep. So tonight on Battle Lines is Fruits of Transgression, Isaiah's Prophetic Book, Part 191. Fruits of transgression can bring a nation to its knees. Even while God calls them back, they rejected it. It is also time for Americans to rethink their own rebellion against the Lord God. America, the Constitution, and against the people of this nation, judgment comes. Thus the prophet spoke long ago, and even today is relevant to the modern nations. And now, back to you. I'll see you on the other side. Okay. Thank you. And... Uh, you know, when you look at a lot of this and you think of the fruits of transgression, you know, <laughs> and right now I'm thinking of America. Now, we're not the only one that sins in this world. So, you know, but see, we are the only one that started like we did. And we are the only one that had the basis for why we are like we are. Our constitution, our government, our faith, and everything. And we are in verse 10. We grope the wall like the blind... We grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. And we are in desolate places as dead men. Now see, that's pretty severe. If you had a house, and you had all the blinds drawn, and they were the kind that would let no light in, and you had one light on in the whole house. You turn off that light. And there's no light. And you think you know where everything is, but suddenly you're not sure. Because when everything's dark, you're not sure what direction you're going. Well, see, this is what we're looking at. The prophet is describing what's happening to Israel, here meaning Judah. We grope the, for the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes, because you can't see. One of the things our Lord Jesus told us, or told them, the Jews, when he was there, 
You know, he says, come to the light while you have the light. Because the light is not going to be here. You know, I'm going to be gone. You need the light. He emphasized that light. And that light emanated from him when he was doing miracles and signs and wonders when he was teaching. And even the Pharisees and Sadducees who heard him teaching couldn't believe the books he was teaching out of. Because you have to be trained for that. You know, in modern Israel today, they have, you know, kids spending their whole lives studying that. But it reminds me also of Paul who said, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. See, Israel knows the word of God, yet they don't know the Messiah. They're waiting for the Christ. And the Lord is coming back and he is the Christ. But they don't know him. So somewhere within that, they will come to know him. Even Paul the Apostle said, For all Israel shall be saved. But he also said, Israel is not Israel. Because there is a physical Israel and there is a spiritual Israel. Born again by the Spirit of God. So, being able to see where you're going is great. But walking in the darkness and walking into things is not so good. You really can't see where you're going. You can't see the table in front of you. You know, you could have someone standing, you know, close to you and you'd probably never know it except for their, you know, hearing them breathe. See, this is something. Well, how did they get that way? In Deuteronomy 28... 28 through 29. Now these are some of the the blessings and the curses. I mean this thing starts at 28 and then you can go through 32. What chapter? Deuteronomy 28 verses 28 and 29. Thank you. Now see the Lord is describing here in Deuteronomy what will happen when you're not paying attention and following the Lord. Because this was a covenant. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Why? Because the things you thought you knew you don't know. And thou shalt grope at noonday as the blind gropeth in darkness. Thou shalt not prosper in thy ways and thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore. And no man shall save thee. You know, they had a covenant relationship. And there was Moses. And even Moses had trouble with the children of Israel. And he did. The Lord sent him down there and he delivered them out of Egypt. But it wasn't long before they were ready to take a vote and go back to Egypt. Now go back into Egypt. Well, you see, the Lord planned for years and years and years. He called Moses. He had to call Aaron as well to help him out. (laughs) And here they are. You know, they're ready to go back now. They weren't obedient. That that was during the... All this occurred during the, the sending out of the spies. Because they were supposed to go into this promised land. But they never made it. They wandered around in the desert for quite a while. But see, this is this is the same thing. We're up in Isaiah 59.10. And we've dealt with Judah being in captivity. We've dealt with them, the Lord calling them out. And them going back to Jerusalem. But see, this is 
really these last number of uh, chapters have been about the fruits of what they had done. When you cut off the Lord, you have no direction. You know, when when God puts you in judgment, you know, you grope around as if you have no eyes, you stumble at the noon day, as at night we are in desolate places as dead men, and we grope the wall like the blind. Now see, that is not a blessing, in case you're wondering. They have done something wrong. And see, this is the prophet describing what what they feel like. You know, we grope the wall like the blind. We grope as if we had no eyes. This isn't God. God can see perfectly. He knows where they're going. And he knows they're bumping into walls. And the walls would be the obstacles that are there because they're disobedient. Now this brings me to modern America. Now, you're not in a covenant with God. Now, the Christians in this land are through Christ Jesus. But see, Israel had a covenant with God in the Old Testament. They were to obey. And see, the covenant splits both ways. If you walked in, you know, in... in, a manner that God approved of according to that covenant then there would be automatic blessings they would automatically come you would automatically win over your enemies you had to follow exactly what he said but it would work but if you turn aside and serve other gods or you become stubborn and don't want to do what he says you're going to grope the wall like the blind you're going to run into that wall you won't see it You're going to stumble over that crick out there because you won't see it. Even at noonday, you're not going to see it. You're not going to see stuff. Now, this is supernaturally, of course. This isn't, you know, because they're wicked. They can see where they're at. They can see all these things. But this is, you know, all their physical things that they're doing is not working out. You know, they're working towards certain projects, doing certain things. And, uh... All of a sudden, it's just like when Hezekiah looked out one day and they had 15,000 Assyrians uh, at the gate of Jerusalem. Well, eventually, after a while, it was a test for Israel, for Judah. And Hezekiah had to agree, the people inside the gate had to agree, and they had to put up with all the all the ribbing from the Assyrians because they were going to destroy him. But on, but one night, you know, it's like they took their time taking over Israel, and uh, during that night, the angel of the Lord slew him. And so only the king and a few of his servants made it. And they were, he was murdered in the house of his god Dagon. So this is what, they're groping. In other words, you think you know what you need to do and it doesn't work out. And that, of course, brings us to the point where Jesus said in John 12, 30, uh, 35. And I was thinking about this verse this afternoon. I mean, tonight. Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. Now see, that relates a lot to what we're looking at right now. And of course, the Lord was talking to the Jews in Rome and Rome, of course, <clears throat> was occupied. The Roman Empire had everything. And the Jews were set up in uh, Jerusalem. And that's where they had their, their temple that was built when they came back from captivity. 
But by the time it got done and over with, that temple was destroyed and it hasn't yet been rebuilt. Now you see, even today, the Jews, while they've been delivered from captivity, they are still not walking in the traditional manner that they used to. Now there's some ultra-Orthodox that have been spitting on Christians over there during their holidays. That's disgusting. And the other thing they do, they teach their kids to flip the skirts of the late Christian ladies up because they despise the Christians. And, uh, you know, early Israel, they wouldn't have put up with anybody else either. The problem with these Jews, they're still blinded. And there is, Isaiah puts out a warning about that. A judgment upon them. And, they, and Isaiah said, I will choose your delusions and bring your own fears upon you because when I called, you did not answer. And Lamentations 1 through 8. Now, of course, Lamentations was written because they were lamenting, uh, lamenting the fact of what they had to go through when they were carried away captive. And in Lamentations, I am the man that hath seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He turneth his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin hath made me old. He has broken my bones. He has builded against me and compassed me uh, with gall and travail. And he hath set me. Now that's bitterness. He's utterly bitter, you know, destroyed, weak. He has set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He has hedged me about that I cannot get out, for he hath made my chain heavy. And that's like building a hedge around to protect people. But this hedge is around those in Israel. This is Judah to where they can't get out of the situation they're in. He's hedged them in. And also when I cry and shout, he shuts out my prayer. God won't hear. Jeremiah thirteen fifteen through 7. Hear ye and give ear and be not proud, for the Lord has spoken. Give glory to the Lord your God before he cause darkness, before your feet stumble upon the dark mountains. And while you look for light, he turn it into the shadow of death and make it gross darkness. But if you will not hear, my soul shall weep in secret places for your pride. My eyes shall weep sore and run down with tears, because the Lord's flock is carried away captive. Now see, we see Isaiah. Uh, no, this is Jeremiah, but this written in Isaiah. No, this is Jeremiah, but we're in the book of Isaiah dealing with all of this and this is sad because Jeremiah was there and they didn't want him there and God had sent him prophets even Jesus when he was weeping over Jerusalem he said oh Jerusalem Jerusalem thou that stonest the prophets see they wouldn't listen they would stone him what they want to do with Jesus Yeshua they wanted to stone him what did they end up doing? Plotting to murder him. And he was put on the cross. And even the governor who was minding the Jews said, take him and crucify him. I want you to know that I find no fault in him. And the only reason that he gave in is because the Jews are rebellious people. It was well known that Rome they let them rule themselves if they would just cooperate. But if they're not going to cooperate, they'll destroy them. And so it was after, you know, the Lord told them, he said, your house is left unto you desolate. And it was a while after that 
that Titus came in because of another guy that came. And the Lord told him, he says, I come in my father's name and you reject me, but another shall come in his name and you, him you will receive. And that other one did come and they followed him and they uprose to take Jerusalem back. And Titus came in, he ended up killing a little over a million Jews by best estimates and the people who have, have counted to see uh, they figure it was about a million, a little over a million. And those were Jews that, that were dead. Josephus says the same thing. So, that's a heavy judgment. But see, that's, this is the tone, see. Because these portions have followed the part where they're going to be released. He had all kinds of blessings on him. He says, you're forgiven now. I'm taking you back now. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to lead you back. They even forgot the law, so he was going to teach them. He had a, he had a, pre, uh, uh, a priest there that was going to teach them because they had to be retaught all the things of the law. And they were going to get get it back. So, and this is merely going through this, uh, relaying what they had gone through. <laughs> it's like when you go through your worst day on the face of the earth, and it's etched on your memory, and then you write it down, and somebody you know reads it to you a year or two later, and you look at it and say, "Did we really go through that?" And verse 11, he says, we roar, we roar all like bears. You know, in other words, they're not lambs, okay? You know, a bear will let you know where they're at. And if a bear stands up on its hind legs, bears its claws, and you can see his teeth, if you think you can outrun him, you can't, because bears are real fast. They can catch you and kill you in a second. So the best way to deal with bears is not to run into one and surely don't antagonize them. But see Israel, you know, this is a nation that knew God. Its history says they knew God. God went before them. He led the way in, in, mir in a miraculous fashion. He took care of their enemies. And now they're disobedient. And they don't know. You know, they're looking for relief and healing, but they don't have it. They're looking for the blessings. They don't have it. Well, and if you study this, you get into Jeremiah. You'll find out that even in the temple they had put up images of other gods and stuff they defiled the temple of God and that's what the Lord God told Jeremiah go into my temple and see what they've done to my temple they've defiled it you know this is a God of reaping and sowing and even today as Christians there's a there's a God of reaping and sowing if you sow to the flesh you'll love the flesh reap corruption if you sow to the Spirit, you'll love the Spirit, reap life everlasting. So they roar all like bears. They mourn sore like doves. Oh, woe is me. So you're roaring and crying and you're, you're saying, you know, why have you done this? Why is this happening? And then after you're done doing that, you start mourning like a dove. You're kind of quiet and you're weeping to yourself and you can't understand it. He says, we look for judgment. Here is none. Yeah, they're looking for righteous judgment, but they don't consider the fact that they themselves had no judgment, no correct judgment, because they walked in a way opposite of the Lord. For salvation, but it is far from us. Yeah, there is no salvation. And for them, when they talk about salvation... It would be salvation from the situation they're in. 
And of course, then they had the Day of Atonement when they celebrated the feasts. You know, there was the sacrifice of the blood, the blood atonement. We'll see when Yahshua came, he came, he said, I come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And so that atonement that was used in the Old Testament of the blood on the Day of Atonement, Yahshua became that atonement. He became that Passover lamb, so to speak. And it was through his blood that the atonement for all men, all women, all people, was made. And you have to believe on his name and receive him. And you'll be born again of the Spirit. And you see, while we have a New and an Old Testament, we're not that much different. Not if you look at the law, not that you see what's going on. But see, if you don't know the truth, you're blinded, you know, and there's a lot of these Jews, even though they spit on Christians, they're serious-minded about what they believe. And I, I knew an old Jewish prophet, he's dead now, and I would talk to him on the phone, and I've also been under his ministry when he was ministering. And when he was ministering, he may not be real nice. Because he would declare things. But he was serious. You know, in the old days, we used to have fire and brimstone preachers. Now we have cookie and milk preachers. You know, you give them the pablum of the milk and then you take them into the fellowship hall and feed them desserts. You know, our home church... We loved the pastor. He was a good man. And when we got done there at the church, we'd go over to the NW and a bunch of us, and we would have, you know, NW treats and sodas and stuff. Now that was fellowship. Something about Christians that like food like that. But that was a good time. But our pastor was a manly family. <laughs> you know and so we're talking relationship with God and all of this is there you know this the very words we got this is them roaring through the scripture Isaiah records their roaring we roar all like bears we mourn sore like doves we look for judgment and there's none here. Well, there's judgment they're looking for is good judgment, but they've been sowing to the wrong thing. They've been sowing to the flesh. They've rejected the Lord by doing that. And they look for salvation, but it's far from us. See, God didn't deliver them from the Babylonians. You know, they went into captivity. Now, this is all stuff Jeremiah told them. He told them where they were coming from. They knew beyond a shadow of a doubt and they wouldn't listen Matter of fact, they told him, stop talking to us. Go back to your own people and tell them. Now, I'm paraphrasing, of course, but, you know, that's what it is. Now, here's Hosea, different prophet, 13 through 16. Hosea what? Uh, Hosea 7, 7 13, 13 through 16. <laughs> Woe unto them, for they have fled from me. Destruction unto them, because they have transgressed against me. Though I have redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. Now he's talking about his own. You know, those he's redeemed. And they have not cried unto me with their heart. When they howled upon their beds, Oh God, save us! Well, you find yourself, see, you're real proud, you go your own way, and then when things don't go right, then you're on your bed howling, God save us. They assembled themselves for corn and wine, and they rebel against me. Corn and wine, yeah, see, food and drink. And so when you get half drunk, and you get your bellies full, you can sit up there in contentment on the top of the rooftop of your house there in Jerusalem, and you can just have yourself a sympathy fit. But the next day when you get sober and you look out and you see the army still there, you realize 
that you better go get drunk again so you don't know what's going on. And they have not cried to me with her heart when they howled upon their beds. See, God knows your heart. Even as Christians, God knows your heart. You know, when you sin and you go to him and you say, I'm sorry, he already knows what you did. But he wants you to say, forgive me. You know, your repentance. Though I have bound and strengthened their arms, yet do they imagine mischief against me. Well, he bound and strengthened their arms to help them do what they have to do. In other words, they were going to go through it, but he was going to strengthen them. They return, but not to the Most High. They are like a deceitful bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword for the rage of their tongue. This shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. Now you see, once uh, Israel was carried away captive, there were those that went down into Egypt. And actually, Jeremiah told them not to go down there because the same one that destroyed this was going into Egypt next. And so they would run into his army down there. Only they wouldn't be, they wouldn't survive. They would all be killed. And eventually Jeremiah did go with them. I think they forced him, if I remember right. Psalm 32. Let me look. This has 1 through 11. I don't know if we need all of that. Let me... Uh, verse 1, a Psalm of David. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is a man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Now see, verse 2 is what we want. See, because through Christ today, the Lord God does not impute iniquity to us. Righteousness is imputed unto us because of the blood of Christ because of the atoning blood of Jesus Christ on that cross and in whose spirit there is no guile there's no deceit there's no lying when I kept silence my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long for day and night thy hand was heavy upon me my moistures turned into the drought of summer that's because he cried all the tears out I acknowledge my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Now see, when you first get into the Old Testament and you listen, you know, there's a lot of people that separate the old and the new so, so much. But when you look at this, this has confession of sins. You have a psalm by David who acknowledges his sin. That's called repentance. And he confessed his sin to God because he says, I have not, mine iniquity have I not hid. I will confess my, I will confess my transgressions. And he did. And he also said, you forgave the iniquity of my sin." He knew that God had forgiven him. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. That's the godly who were praying. And when when is he found? When you're in in a right relationship with him. That's when he's found through Christ today if we stay connected to him and John says it the best in 1 John 1 if we walk in the light as he is in the light we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ's son cleanses us from all unrighteousness a continual walking in the Lord knowing him walking in his light those things he does not in darkness Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. 
Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. <clears throat> now I, I really like this one. Be not as the horse or as the mule, which have no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come near unto thee. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked, but he that trusts in the Lord, mercy shall compass him about. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy, all ye that are of upright in heart. Now you see, when you start running into trouble, maybe you have understanding as the horse or the mule. <clears throat> and in order to turn a horse or to work with a mule, they do need bits in their mouth. Now I've told this story a lot on my granddad's farm. He had a horse. It was an old plow horse. I was a young boy. Grandpa put me on that horse. He says, now you got to kick him in the side once in a while to wake him up. Because he don't mind you riding him. The only thing of it is he falls asleep and keep walking. So you got to make sure he stays proper, you know, where he needs to go. And sometimes I think that describes a lot of people. You got to kick him in the side in order to, or in the keister, to get him awoke. Now, see, God does it a little different, but He does get our attention. But see, this is a Davidic psalm, a David psalm, and He understands that. You know, don't be as a horse or the mule, because you're not. You're a human. You can understand. You can be brought close to him. And he'll take care of you. But see, there is the wicked. Those who won't walk in his light. And they run into trouble. They need to be kicked in the butt in order to get them going straight. I mean, look at America. We're supposed to be a Christian nation. Dear God in heaven, help us. Biden's supposed to be a Catholic. And this guy don't even know which way is up. You look at Iran, the Ayatollah over there. He's supposed to know God. But you look at his fruits. I'm telling you today, the nations of men do not know God. And you should already know that. Now in verse 12 of Isaiah 59, For our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. Now if in case you've wondered, it's not getting any better in Isaiah's description here. Okay, Our transgressions are multiplied before thee, and our sins testify against us. And our transgressions are with us, and as for our iniquities, we know them. See, and this is the one thing that, that's required. When you get before God, you need to confess your sins and be honest with God. If you say you don't know them, that's a lie. Period. People know. Even if it's just stubbornness. You will know. God gave us conscience. Now, of course, those with a seared conscience won't know because it's a judgment. They are the ones that seared their own conscience. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Because, why? Because they're not taken care of. You just keep sinning and sinning and sinning. You fill up one bucket full of sins. You go get another bucket and fill it up. You know, there's no confession. You, you don't stop. You don't see any sorrow in, in your sins. You know, when you commit murder, you don't weep over it. And in America today, we have people committing murder and robberies and every other kind of evil in America that is supposed to be home of the brave and the land of the free. In America, where we have endless churches and pastors and preachers, where we send out multitudes of missionaries, we printed multitudes of Bibles, and today you wouldn't know it because we are lost. America's going to hell in a handbasket, and we have churches, and I can tell you through all this stuff, I can name the churches, I can tell you who the evangelists are, famous evangelists. You don't hear from them. But when they have a big meeting or they want you to know, 
You bet you find out. But there's today. We've been too silent. We've been too soft. The church needs to wake up. Or you might find yourself led captive like Judah. And you're sorrowful and changed. Yeah, sorrowful, yeah, but it's too late. You're going into captivity. You're going to pay the price. There's a judgment. Judah went into captivity for 70 years because of their transgressions. We're reading what Isaiah's putting down, how they were acting and how they felt and how it was written about their sins and transgressions. If they would have repented like Jeremiah urged them, they would, we wouldn't even be reading this now. Judah wouldn't even gone into captivity. Do you think they had to go into captivity? No. But see, God knew ahead of time. He told Jeremiah they're not going to listen. Our transgressions are multiplied before thee. Our sins testify against us. They do. Why? How do you know that? Because you're not friends with God anymore. Things are turned around. All that's which is supposed to be good is evil. All that which is supposed to be peace is unrest in your soul. Our sins testify against us. You know your sins. Because your little guilt meter inside of you will bring it out. That's your conscience. Our transgressions are with us. Our iniquities, we know them. Yeah. And you probably got tired of hearing about them. They're always there. Why does God bring that up? Why can't he just fix it? He can't. You can't. If, if they would have taken... But see, they were already serving other gods. They were passing their children through the fire. They had already ignored God so much they didn't even know what his voice was anymore. They weren't going to mind Jeremiah. And they didn't believe they were going into captivity. Now, I have a long section here. with the Lord and he's dealing with the scribes and Pharisees this is one of the best sections now John has one that's really good too now he's speaking in public here and the scribes and Pharisees would have heard him woe unto you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you devour widows houses and for a pretense make long prayer Therefore you shall receive the greater damnation. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you compass land and sea to make one proselyte, and when he is made, you make him twofold more the child of hell than you yourselves. And that same thing there is what the Muslims do with their kids. And they teach them about jihad. Woe unto you, you blind guides, which say, Whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold in the temple, he is a debtor. You fools and blind, for whether is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifieth the gold. And here we see the difference between how man sees wealth and how God sees it. Because the gold was sanctified by the Lord God. But the gold wasn't anything. It was he that sanctifieth. Whosoever shall swear by the altar it is nothing. But whosoever sweareth by the gift that is upon it he is guilty. <laughs> you fools and blind for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifieth the gift. See, everything resolves, uh, revolves around sanctification, uh, cleansing, setting it aside for God. As Christians, through Christ and his blood, we are sanctified. Because it's Christ. We are sanctified. Not the church. We are. 
And if the church is anything, and it's made of whatever, bricks and stones or wood, the only reason the church, that building with four walls, with your temple, you know, with the name of your denomination on it, and belonging to a certain big denomination somewhere, the only reason that you think that's something is because of a lot of the fleshly ideas. But see, we, the redeemed of God, we are the temple of God. And in us is Christ. And we are in Him. And when two or more gather together in His name, He is in the midst of us, and then the glory falls down. That's why within a church which is built by man, that has a man-made name, you know, for the denomination on it, glory falls. Why? Because two or more of his true believers who are sanctified are gathered in his name and worshiping him, and God honors it with a revival. God help you if you have a priest or the Pope or anybody else that tells you that the church is greater than he that sanctifies the church. It's the same thing here as Jesus says. Which is greater? The gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold? Well, see, today the temple is us. And Christ is in us. So he goes through all this. And there's a lot of truth here because the Lord said it. He finishes up by saying, you blind guides, you strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. <laughs> but at any rate, you can read that. I'm not going to go through it here. Matthew 23. 14 through 36. I put those in for context so I can, if I need to, I can go through it. Now, the one thing I do want to talk about a little bit is Daniel, who interceded for Judah while in captivity. In the first year of his reign, Daniel understood by the books the number of years whereof the word of God of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant, mercy to them that love him, and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned, and have committed iniquity, and have done wickedly, and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts, and from thy judgment. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings and our princes and our fathers and to all the people of the land and that's the beginning of his confession <clears throat> Daniel was one of the one of the prophets that when we look back on even in prophecy the stuff that he did you know the Lord put it there for a reason and it's really good and so we are at Isaiah 59 and verse 13. And we try, or we do, we bring out other scriptures to help mirror what we're talking about, what the prophet is talking about. It's important to know these things. Father, we thank you for your word. Bless your word to our heart, mind, life, soul, and spirit. Guide us by thy spirit and by thy word. Bless us and keep us. Bless and keep all those who hear this word. Minister to them, meet their needs, and help them in Jesus' name. And in Jesus' name I bind you, Satan, in the powers of darkness, 
from the preaching, teaching, streaming, and receiving of this word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was a good word. I'd like to see that happen. All of us repent. Seek the Lord. Yeah, I would like to see that happen in America. Yes, sir. I would, too. I would. I mean, I would absolutely. But, you know, people get to the point where, you know. They don't want to. Nope, they don't. And so, you know, all the, you know, of course, we're in, in the time that we're looking at Revelation. And we're looking at all the things that are happening there. But there's a lot of stuff, and I'll tell you, when you read that <laughs> and read how hard of a time they had it, you know, from Scripture, you know, it would have been better off to confess and ask God to forgive you and return from your ways and follow Him. Yes, it would. Amen. You know, it... it <laughs> It would have taken care of a lot of issues. But when the Lord came and he spoke to the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they hadn't changed at all. They were just like they were before. Only now they were, yeah, they were living under bondage in Rome, but Rome pretty much left them alone. But by the time this whole thing was done and the Lord told them that your house was left unto you desolate, uh, then another came in his name. They received him and believed him. And Titus came and killed a million of them. And then they were all scattered. You sure, you know, I sure wish I could get people to understand the peace and the joy and and how you feel on inside once you welcome in the Lord. You know? Yeah. And and they go through all kinds of trouble needlessly. Because they refuse the Lord. It's well, you know, state. if you ask any Christian that has backslid the trouble they run into. Yeah. If you were smart, you would pay attention. Yes, sir. And if you just look at what's happening now to America, and you know, in all the stuff I see in research and in everything and writing, very few times do you see anybody, Christian or not, who is truly mourning for this country. Who wants to see righteousness and wants this land healed Biden doesn't none of his people up there oh, they don't care. the Democrats no they don't spend their time like that I think there could be some there that do mourn even in the Republicans but the true true believers you know when you look in some of these power struggles they're few and far between well, with that, we're going to have to get out of here, okay. Tower. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us whenever you do. We love you. We pray for you. And we always hope the best for you in Christ Jesus. And please pray. remember to pray for your brethren around the world and pray for us. Stay safe. Good night. Don't forget to go by our websites at warn-usa.com, danaglinsmith.com. Listen to the shows and read the articles. Check out my book, The Rising. You'll see ads on it on both of our sites. You can go to our Christian bookstore over on danaglinsmith.com. Check these things out. We'll see you next time. Shalom, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Warren Radio.
guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.